What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome of this show is to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is with my philosophy, one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, and that only leads to you adopt the proper behaviors that will take you to another level of thinking. For today's episode, we have successful entrepreneur, business executive, host of How Did Happen podcast, Mike Malatesta. This guy has pretty much ticked all the boxes when it comes to entrepreneurship. He has founded, built, and sold one of the largest environmental services companies in the upper Midwest. Currently heads up a holding company he formed with Rock Island Capital, ERC Midwest, to purchase and grow companies specialized in recycling and disposal solutions for commercial and manufacturing clients. His companies has successfully capitalized two environmental companies in 2018, one in 2019, and is currently actively pursuing many others. One of the things that I love about Mike, he is a servant leader with proven talent for developing exciting vision and mission initiatives. He is driven to build teamwork, talent, and systems necessary to realize those initiatives, and most importantly, executing with a team to deliver the desired result. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you want to know what it takes to get to the top 1% of that 1%, you might want to take notes today. Lastly, text us at 843-396-2104 and let us know how you felt about today's episode. Stand by for a quick message, and let's have some fun. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. The man, the myth, the legend. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Mr. Mike, how's it going? Welcome to the show, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I'll tell you, that's the first time that anyone's done a video intro in front of me before I started. And I have to say, I'm blown away. I'm like, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. That was actually a very similar thing that happened to me. Um, I think it was probably back in September or October in 2020. I went on the Brian Covey show. You know Brian Covey? I don't. I'll have to introduce you. He's a great guy. Love this guy to death. Um, I went on his show and I felt like I was walking into a game show. <laughs> oh, like, no kidding. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, he turned it on and I was like, what is going on? I was like, I got to level up. So Brian, if you're watching this, my man, he watches a lot of the, the win-win effect. He's, a, he's an active listener and I listen to his show as well. Big fans. But Brian, if you're listening to this, my man, you see what happened? It's a ripple effect, my friend. And there's so much you've done as an entrepreneur. And that's why I've been looking forward to particularly this interview, because there's not a lot of entrepreneurs out there in my, I guess you would say, neck of the woods that are really stand out and they have a lot of substance and done so much in entrepreneurship. Not trying to make you a dinosaur in this industry, but you've sold a company and it was one of the major companies of environmental services, investing. There's a lot of things that you do that yeah. people don't understand that how you are able to do it at this type of level. So there's so much we can kind of go into this, but I guess we can kind of give 
the listeners a little bit more context if I don't really frame it properly on the intro when I do intros after. Like, who are you? What you're about? Like, what is the message you're really trying to get out into the world nowadays? Well, I guess nowadays the message that I'm that I'm trying to get out to the world is that I want to help entrepreneurs mm-hmm. succeed. I want to I want to stay relevant. <laughs> That's, um, I'm yeah. 55 years old, which is young, I guess, but it is. You know, <clears throat> but it, but it's 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 also a point where a lot of people start to shut down on their curiosity or maybe they've already shut down on their curiosity and I'm trying really hard to keep my curiosity uh, sharp mm-hmm. and um, to use what I have what whatever experience I have and re- what resources I have to help people create companies that employ people and make money and you know create freedom for the people who are, who are willing to give it a, give it a, give it a try mm-hmm. And that freedom is very difficult to create. And people say, oh, yeah, money creates freedom. Yeah, a little bit. But if you're mm-hmm. purpose driven, and I, I liked what you just said, I want to stay relevant. Yeah. That's very difficult to do in entrepreneurship, no matter where you, what industry or how old you are. I'm, I look at it as someone that's maybe potentially 55 years old. That's, a, that's still young in entrepreneurship in the way that I look at business. Right. And you just have so many layers to you. They're multifaceted. There's not just, all right, Mike, uh, he's an entrepreneur and he's done very well in investing and obviously selling businesses and, and growing and scaling. That's just one side. But there's a lot of layers to you that bring so much more value to someone tuning into your show. And just like you do, and I'm coming on your show as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, we're going to talk a lot about that because I'm really excited about coming on your show and I'm honored to be you know, invited to come on to your show because there's a lot of great people that you do have on. I immerse myself into other people's shows if I go on their show because I want to kind of just get a feel on how and how you ask questions, how you frame your questions and what you're trying to extract from your, from your guests to bring to your listeners. And that's one sure. of the things that we talked about when we had our first conversation is we have a moral obligation to our listeners, not just the person that we're interviewing. We want to make sure that we're bringing relevant people to them so they can really understand what your point of view is on a lot of different topics when it comes to entrepreneurship. But I guess for for the most part, if you can kind of like talk about your show and talk about some of the things that you're trying to bring to the marketplace today. Yeah, sure. Um, Can I back up for one second? Sure, absolutely. Um, To the to the um, money and freedom thing as being connected. So I think a lot of people mistakenly believe that money brings freedom, but money does not bring freedom. Money brings options. Mm -hmm. Mindset brings freedom in my opinion. Um, So you can have lots of money and it creates lots of options and you can make a lot, you can choose a lot of bad options. Yes. You can have very little money and very little options, but choose very good options. You know, a lot of it depends on where your mind is and where you see yourself wanting to go. And if you have money, um, you know, to pursue the right options, yeah, it helps. If you have money to pursue the wrong options, it's not freedom anymore. It's a trap, just like all other kinds of traps that there are. Mm-hmm. Now, um, my show, so my show is called How'd It Happen? And uh, it's a very simple concept. I, I, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. I do not like it. It does not appeal to me to go out into um, 
you know, networking events or stages or whatever, and sort of talk to uh, groups of people or strangers. But I, I feel like I can really dig in one-on-one with people, Chris. So I'd been listening to podcasts for maybe a year or so. I'm, I'm relatively new to this whole thing. And so I got into it really, really strong. And I was listening to all these people and I thought, you know, this is something I could probably do. Cause I was writing a blog at the time and that's where I was trying to get my creativity um, started. <clears throat> but, but the podcast seemed like something I could, uh, I could, it would suit my skill set. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I came up with this idea that um, I would, I would bring people who've had some success in their, uh, in their careers, whether it's entrepreneurs, and I do have a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs that come on, Chris, or, you know, physicians or educators or, you know, any discipline. It didn't matter to me because what I wanted to get at was they're at a position now where people are looking at them and saying, oh, wow, you know, you've made it. And um, they're not looked at by a lot of people as people anymore or mm-hmm. as people who are in maybe the same shoes that you're in. So I wanted to bring those kinds of people on and I wanted to really explore how it happened for them. And that's yes. the only question I ask. That's a scripted question. It's a conversation is what I do. So I ask a question, that question, how did it happen for you? And then you lay, you know, that the, whatever answer it is, I, I really don't care because they're telling me what they think has led to, you know, who they think they are and who they want to be. And that's fine with me because I just use the rest that answer as the path that sort of guides us the rest of the way. And I have two real goals for the podcast. One is that the people come on, have a good time. So they enjoy the experience. I'm not a get gotcha guy. I'm not trying to like trap somebody in something. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. just want to know their story. Um, and the nice thing about that, and I'm sure you've seen this with many of your guests is they, they end up getting into and talking about things that they never would have, they didn't prepare for, never would have mm-hmm. thought they would be talking about, it. but it makes them feel good after mm-hmm. it. Um, and the second thing is I want people to listen, listening who, who want more success in their life, but maybe feel stuck or maybe feel like they don't have what it takes, or maybe they're lacking a little confidence, or maybe they're facing a, a, a challenge. They don't know how to get, get, get through. And they, they listen to what happened to, you know, you when you're on the show or someone else that's on the show and they go, wow, you know, that person was sort of in the same spot I'm in back in yeah. whatever date, you know, and here's what they did. Maybe some of that will rub, will, will work for me. It's something I can try that I hadn't before. So I'm trying to encourage, um, you know, get the stories out and then encourage people to keep moving forward to, to get to where their dreams will take them. And their dreams will take them any way that they can visualize. You know, you have to, I, I was talking a lot about this. Someone asked me a question on a different show. They knew I was probably military Navy and I've, I've learned a lot of leadership skills while I was in the military. Didn't really realize at the time on how much impact that I would make throughout my career and my life, because those are you know very strong core values, like honor, courage, commitments. I built my life and built my businesses from those core values. Right. And someone's asking me a question about, you know, like grit and how to overcome adversity, um, putting yourself in the right situation and making those small choices and decisions because your life and my life right now is a complete reflection of all the decisions and choices that led us to this present moment. But a lot of times, you know, I love that going all the way back to what your, your point about money creating freedom 
but money does create a lot of options and you can make a lot of poor choices and decisions. Yeah, you sure can. Especially in entrepreneurship that puts you in a position where you feel like your back's against the wall because you put yourself there, but it all comes back to holding yourself accountable to those choices and decisions. How much do you talk about that where when you're asking questions on your show, and I and I didn't really plan on even going to this, but it's just a huge opportunity for the listeners. And I really want them to pay attention to the way that you probably answer this. How much do you kind of expose? I guess you would say for the listeners or for the guests to go, I, you know, Mike, I haven't really thought about it in that type of way of that decision led to me putting me in that position for me to make something really drastic, a change in my business. How much yeah. do you expose that? And I've listened to a couple of your shows. How much do you really expose that with someone that maybe they have they didn't have a chance to look back at that at that moment and realizing that was a really pivotal moment in their life? Well, <clears throat> the honest answer is intentionally, I never, but mm-hmm. unintentionally, it happens all the time. And the the primary reason it happens, Chris, is that I ask a question, they answer the question, thinking that that's going to be the end, and then I'm like, hmm. And then I ask another question about their answer. Right. Right. And that's when you dig into mm-hmm. the maybe the real or more of the real, the helpful stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us are, we get programmed over years and years of, of you know, being in charge or, or doing interviews or whatever. We know exactly what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. It's like you can phone it in. And when you're doing a scripted interview, for example, which a lot of them are, there's no follow-up to, you know, whatever your answer is, it's your answer. So Love you get this. really good about this is what, these is what my answers are. Um, so when it, when they, you know, when someone gives me that, I, I just ask something else. If I'm, you know, if I think about it, I ask something else. And that's, I think, where you get to the part where they're into new, <clears throat> new territory. Mm-hmm. And that new territory, it takes someone to be just really curious the interviewer, like the person that is interviewing the guest, you have to be just really genuinely interested into that person and into their story. And that's where I do see a lot of, and you're hundred percent correct. A lot of it is scripted and they kind of have an idea what they want to talk about and how they're going to answer questions because they're pre-programmed to answer it in that way, depending on how big that person is. Um, especially if they have a huge brand, they have a lot of shareholders, whatever right. that might be. And they can come across a certain way. There you'll see their shares kind of go down. You've seen that with Elon Musk when he came on the Joe Rogan show and he was smoking a little bit of weed and right. his shares went to shit. <laughs> right? It made a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I mean, the public, I don't have public company people on because they mm-hmm. can't tell you what they think. They, they, yeah, well, they, Elon mm-hmm. Musk might be a little different, you know, yes. but there yeah. aren't many of out there like him that are mm-hmm. running public companies. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just can't take the risk of being themselves, most mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, the rest of us can, you know, mm-hmm. at least to some, at least it's to a point further than most of those people can. Absolutely. The ones that have that, a lot of leverage, especially when, you know, with their boards or their, whatever that might be. And I, and I, I see that's a huge area of an opportunity for people like us to really get on our story and really make an impact in a marketplace directly or indirectly, because there are a lot of things, especially with podcasting. And I'm fairly new to this as well. I've only been doing this for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I I saw podcasting as a way to display my talents and skills that I've honed in on, honed in on over the years 
when it comes to pertaining to sales and asking questions. Right. I just do it now in the podcast. But that was a huge area of opportunity for me to kind of get my, I guess, come from behind the scenes and go, boo, it was me. <laughs> I'm like, was pulling a lot of strings with all these trade schools. I mean, just give everyone, and everyone's probably heard me say this, but just for you, I don't know if I mentioned to you, to you this before. If you've been called by a trade school in the last like 15, 20 years, there's a good chance I wrote that script or was involved with the processes of envisioning of how the sell in an education space, not sell like a hard, like a hard close. Like when you mention like some of the bigger names that, you know, that created all these sales programs, I never sold that way because I never read their books. Okay. I didn't, I use my emotional intelligence naturally. And I learned that from years and years and years of being around my older sister that passed away and she was handicapped. I would learn how to communicate with her non-verbally. So I really take myself and I'm an empath. I put myself in that person's world all the way to really feel their story. It takes someone with extreme and high emotional intelligence to understand and create the environment for them to feel safe, to share more. Mm. And that's really hard. And I love that you do that with your show is you want to create an experience for them to feel safe and have fun as well. Right. And it takes a really skilled person to understand that even for the most part. But when you got started, I know that there's a lot in your story and I want to kind of touch on. I mean, when you look at your life and you look at your career, what are some things that you're the most proud of, do you think? Uh, well, um, I guess, you know, ultimately I'm most proud of my wife, you know, being married and mm -hmm. and having two kids that are, you know, in the grand scheme of things doing okay, maybe, maybe well. Um, that's, that's hard work, you know? Um, yes. And I always look at, uh, I tell people, you know, I, two was my max, Chris. We were talking about how many podcasts you could do in a day. <clears throat> Pardon me. Two kids for me was the max. Mm -hmm. I look at these people that have five kids and I go, man, what are you, you doing? Are, <laughs> you are so much better parents than I could ever be mm -hmm. because yeah, two, two was my max. Two was my max. Um, so I think that's the thing that I'm probably most proud of. But the, I, I guess outside of that, um, in the in the business world, I'm proud of uh, you know playing a role in helping a few people become millionaires. I think that's mm -hmm. that's I'm proud of that. Um, I'm proud of uh, being able to support a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, today to to, to pursue their dreams. I'm proud of, um, I'm proud of the fact that I still want to push myself, Chris. I like that. Um, cause I, you know, I mean, I don't have to, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, but I can't not, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's a really good point is you yeah. don't have to do what you do for a living. You get to do what you do. Right. Yeah, that's, a really main, that's a, that's a, that's a whole different shift whole different shift. I get to do what I do. Like right. I, it's a privilege. And I feel that from you as well. You, it comes, it oozes out of your show that you, you're just excited about what you do and you, you get to do it. And that's, and, that, and it really, it really shows. I mean, yeah. when was that shift for you that when you shifted from, I don't have to do this, I get to do this. Ooh. So, um, man, I, I, so I'll take you through a little journey. When when sure. when I started, 
uh, co-founded my first business. It was in late 1992. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partner, Butch, and I, and we had two two other investors, Chuck and Larry. And for the first, um, you know, two years or so, we weren't making any money. And we were, you know, who knew if we were going to survive, but I was happy and I was proud of what we were doing. Um, and then I'd say there was a slow progression, Chris, from years two through 10, where um, I let the, the grind of what running a growing business or any business for that matter, um, you know, what the grind that comes with that um, wear me, wear me down. So I, did, I, I was, I was reactive or inactive wow. um, when I should have been, um, you know, proactive. So I was letting things happen to me and I, and it made me mad, but it didn't occur to me that everything that was happening to me was things that I designed to happen to me. Exactly. You know, yeah, you're, recre you're recreating the same situation or the same story. Love it. Right. Right. Yeah. So there was a time when I was like, I, I thought people should learn <laughs> what I didn't want to do be through osmosis because I was thinking it, they clearly had, would, would, you know, pick up on that and, yeah. and, you know, do things that I didn't want to do, but that but the world doesn't work that way. Um, I discovered. So, um, yeah, so, so 10 years in or so, um, I was not in a good spot then. I mean, the business was doing okay, you know, maybe pretty well, but I didn't, I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I wanted, <clears throat> I thought maybe I should quit. Maybe that's the best option because I didn't really see how I could make the future better than the past at that time. Um, and it, I, I went into like a funk for probably a couple of years. Um, and you know, the reality, Chris, was that, you know, we owed money to the banks. I had an we had an obligation to a lot of people that were working with us and walking away just wasn't, it just wasn't possible. So I'm either going to wallow in this for however long it takes, or I've got to, you know, look at my own mindset, look at what, you know, accept the truth, which is I've created what I have. Yes. And if I'm not, if I'm not happy with it, I need to create something different. And, and fortunately, you know, the convergence of me being through this and, and things coming at, at me, uh, like, you know, programs and ideas from people who cared, um, you know, like that it came together one day and I go, okay, well, I'm going to try this, you know, mm -hmm. get myself out of the business, get myself in front of people who might feel might have similar experiences to me that can help me. And then, and that, that was how I dug myself or, or walked myself out of that, that valley and, and got myself on a path where, you know, we could create um, a much bigger future than the past that we had. You know, I wasn't bound by the past. It was just part of what happened to me. I need to use that as fuel to sort of get me where I'm going. And so from, you know, from that 10-year spot till we sold that business a, a little over 10 years later, and it probably grew, um, you know, 4X during that time. And not of, of the not, growth period in the valley when you started pulling yourself yeah, out of it. Yeah, okay. right, right. So I uh, and 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 I'm not saying that happened because of me, um, but but 
me, you know, nothing happens unless the entrepreneur wants it to happen. A hundred percent. You got to manifest, you got to visualize it first and put yourself in that role. That's right. Like a hundred million times before it even happens, before you can even think about manifesting it all the way and executing. Right. Like I, and that's a, a lot of entrepreneurs. They don't understand this. You know, and you hear a lot of major ones go, oh, you visualize it, you can do it and you can manifest it and you put it out and put it out in the universe and you have the right intention yeah. behind it. Yeah, it's great. But back. you have to put yourself in that situation of failure or pleasure. Pain or pleasure is the two major catalysts. But you have to put yourself in that situation. That's why the military trains until their eyes bleed. Is they're tap, they're putting it so deep in their subconscious that when you're in a situation where you're forced to react, and it sounded like that that time you had to react, but that's not a good feeling when you're an entrepreneur and you're the visionary and you're the person that's supposed to be flying a plane. Yeah. <laughs> That right. A lot of people aren't going to follow you or want to follow you if they're seeing you reactive to that's things. Right. I'm more that's inclined right. to listen to someone that's more proactive and they can visualize three to five to 15 steps ahead and trusting in my ability to put myself in that situation. That's probably why you, and it sounds like from me just asking the questions, you, in that four years of growth and massive growth, you were I guess giving off the vibration, I'm like, listen, I guys, I got it. I understand what's happening. I'm putting myself there. They're motivated direct, directly to that, I guess, the presence that you had at that time. But if you were just reactive, they wouldn't have been a little bit more inclined to follow you. Yeah. And I think there was a, I think you're right. And there was also this thing called permission. Like people yeah, okay. sit back, a lot of people sit back that are very talented and they wait for permission. They wait for permission from the entrepreneur, for example, because they don't want to step on your toes. They don't want to yeah. do something that you, uh, they think you want to do. But once you grant the permission, um, and that takes strength to grant permission, right? Because yeah. there's, there, you know, if you're really, really evolved as an entrepreneur, it's easy to go, well, yeah, you go run with this. But if you're like, <laughs> you know, make if you're a name like, for yourself, yeah, yeah. If you're like me and and a lot of other people, you're like, well, if I give up, if I give it to somebody else, that's quitting on it, you know. And I had to get past that idea. Mm -hmm. But permission, being able to to extend permission to people was was for me at least was was a was a game changer. Let's peel back just a little bit further back on in when that valley, and I guess when you started becoming a little bit more aware that you sort of realizing that I'm reactive right now. And yeah. I'm having a lot of things being thrown at me. And if you guess that everyone comes to that moment in their mind at some point is you have a quitting mentality or a winning mentality, but that you're sounding like you're like, well, do I quit because I'm not, I'm lost my passion. Like, but what was some of the things that forced you to hold yourself accountable to some of the decision-making that you had, that led you into that moment? Well, th there's no running from the truth, I guess. Okay. Ultimately, yeah. Right. Oh, so, man, I love that. I, so I, I, um, did my share of, um, you know, I, this kind of thinking, well, I've got 10 years in here. Um, the world owes me something, right? There's gotta be some, you know, why, why don't, why isn't it easy for me anymore? Why, mm. what have I done to deserve this? You know, that kind of really terrible thinking, but, it, but it's prevalent thinking. It's not, it's not, mm -hmm. that happens to a lot of people. Um, and I, and, and I had to get my, I had to get straight, on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and what really, I mean, the thing that really helped me with that was this program called strategic coach that I got into, um, right around that time. Um, 
if if you haven't heard of that program, it's a, it's, a, it's for entrepreneurs, and it's just fantastic because it 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 um, makes you aware of so many things that you've done to yourself mm. that you didn't have to, and you don't have to. And nobody on your team or in your family or anybody else is going to tell you not that, you know, that you don't have to be that way. So, um, and it was just, it just opened my, like, I started to understand that being an entrepreneur wasn't about, um, and running a company wasn't about, you know, grinding myself to the bone. That was, that's how you, that's how you, you, you don't do it. You know, yeah. you may have that's to do that. Biggest at the misconception beginning, right? when it comes to entrepreneurship. It's the biggest right. misconception when it comes to entrepreneurship that people think you need to grind from the moment you wake up in the morning and the time you heal over at night and be like, oh, yeah. that, that's not the way it works. But yeah, right. go ahead, please. It's totally my mentality too, because I, mm. you know, I, I came in and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm smarter. I'm, I work harder. I'm, you know, I can figure this out. You know, I just take on it's, it's just more time. I'll just put more time into it and I'll get it. You know, why would I pay? Why would I pay somebody to be, you know, do this for me? Right. Um, nope. And that, that program really, um, it just really opened, you know, just changed me. It opened and it, and not easily. I mean, I resisted mm-hmm. for like okay. two years. <laughs> I, 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 did resisted, too. I did too, I, man. Yeah. You know, I resisted for two, probably two years because I was like, ah, oh, these people in here are all I don't know, lazy or something, you know, just my, my, I was really trying to justify why I was where I was, Chris. And that was, mm-hmm. so that was a, a, a pretty long period of wasted energy. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. You waste um, more energy that way than people knew and actually do and just put it in taking action and taking a step back and seeing in a bird's eye view. Exactly. But like, and I know that I just referenced the military, maybe just where my mind's at right now, but that's what they call hell week. The mm-hmm. first two hours of hell week, is just all chaos bullets flying over your head loud you know you're in the fight you're in the fight and that's what entrepreneurship is like when you get to that point and you gotta force yourself not to be reactive anymore and that's yeah. a really hard that's a hard pivotal time in entrepreneurship because you think well damn i gotta mike i gotta i gotta freaking bust my ass i gotta lead by example my staff needs to be able to see that that I'm 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 in the trenches. I'm grinding. I'm working a hundred and you know hundred and whatever hours a week. But if they're they're seeing you deteriorate and you're giving your life and probably your wife, your kids at the time what's left of you, not the what's best of you, then yeah. you're not going to live a fulfilled life. And that's, that's a great point. That's demotivating. That you'll demotivate your staff if they see that your your real life and what you do like outside of work and you're falling apart, they don't want that life. <laughs> they were like, this sucks. I mean, this dude's been married five times, you know, and his kids hate him or whatever that might be, whatever that would have happened if you would have kept going through that, I guess, the, that dysfunctional routine, I would call it, as an entrepreneur and just being reactive to business. You just created a, another job for yourself. Right. Yeah, and you know, it's... um habits are like this really weird thing. So we all have habits, right? Um, in our personal life, we have habits and in our business life, we have Mm -hmm. habits. And, um, you know, over the course of those 10 years, I'd created a lot of habits, habits that worked for me early on that I just relied on to continue to work for me 
forever. Mm-hmm. And breaking a habit, any habit, you know, whether it's food or whether it's working too hard, it's it's seems it's rather simple intellectually. This does <laughs> not yeah. make sense. Yeah. But um, but in the real world, it's it's it can be rather difficult. And I think um I think Dan said something about habits. Dan Sullivan said something about habits that stuck with me where you can't, um, you know, you can't get rid of a habit. You have to replace a habit. Yes. hundred percent. Wow. You have powerful, to replace, yeah. you have to replace a habit. And, you know, that's one of the things I heard that blew my mind away because, you know, it gets you thinking about, okay, if, well, if I want to get rid of this habit, I need to figure out what I want to replace it with because, if I free up time with one habit and I don't replace it with another, that's a bad thing for. It needs to create I, the same uh, weight to it. It needs to have the same yeah, weight to that yeah. habit as well. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And not to cut you off, just the, remember the Vegas back in the day, I used to go to a lot of sales conferences just way before I made that leap into entrepreneurship. But remember back in the day when they had, and maybe they still have them, forgive me if I'm, I haven't been to Vegas forever, but they would take something like a maybe a drink or something and they would have it and they would have to wait and once they pulled it off that way, it triggers the computer system or it triggers the people that go, hey, this person purchased this beer or this person purchased this water oh, or Gatorade. Okay. In the so, refrigerator, you mean? Or Yeah, in the refrigerator. Yeah, 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 in yeah. A, they had like a thing where it, just, it does yeah, it automatically yeah, yeah. when you pull it off for a certain amount of time. So what you have to do is you take something, maybe a glass, the same type of weight and the same volume to not trigger that and taking that and then replacing that habit to where it doesn't know it was gone. Yeah. Uh, that's a good example. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I just, I don't know. You triggered my mind. That's what I thought of. I mean, I always, I think that's one of the things in entrepreneurship or in sales in the way that I communicate, especially Colby tests or something mm-hmm. is I'll find an analogy. <laughs> I'll find something to be able to, your mind to see it in a different way, where it's non-judgmental to it. <laughs> You'd be like, right. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. But that's the only way I can kind of like maybe try to explain to the listeners. That's what he means by like, changing the habit you got to put something there it carries the same weight or the same amount of value for you and you're tricking your mind of knowing hey i don't feel like you because you get that's the whole thing about habits you get emotionally attached to that habit yeah for sure Mm -hmm. that's that's why intellectually it's easy to let go but um but it's not but in the real world that emotional part of it is like no this is who i am i can't let this go (laughs) <laughs> like well, what? Even this though is... it's killing me, I can't let it go. <laughs> right? Huh. It's like, man, this is like that I love would, this habit. This is what silly. <laughs> but you're bought into the end result of the feeling that you get of that habit, right? So, yeah. and if you don't get the end result and it's not serving your life anymore, you need to have that. You have to come to that hard decision and making. Like, listen, man, this isn't serving me, and that that's thing. That's what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs and i say younger entrepreneurs i'm 39 i feel like like you know i am just scratching the surface on certain areas of opportunity for myself but the things that got me here like i can't take with me to get to where i gotta i'm going to go perfect yeah I, I have to shed those layers i have to shed those things every right. day is a, I'm, I'm willing to every single day and i'm sure and i'm gonna shift this over to a question to you because I'm, I'm curious you know, what you would say to this, because this is how I feel now. And I was just sharing this with another entrepreneur. It's like, I'm willing every single day to destroy the version of myself today for the person who I should be. But you have to be willing to to destroy that version of yourself today. And that's a really hard, that's not easy at all because 
you who you are right now in this present moment is that's a beautiful thing. That's a shared legacy of everybody that you've ever come in contact with as well and experiences. But have you looked at it in that type of way before? Well, yeah, plenty of times since, you know, you, I give you credit for being at 39, probably ahead of where I was at 39, but plenty of times since then, but probably not when I was definitely not when I was leading up to, um, you know, that, 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 that challenging time that I told you about, um, there's a, there's a real, you know, there's a real power, magnetic power or whatever to this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's, even if who you are sucks, it's still, there's still a magnetic power to like, like all of the things I've done have made me who I am. So, mm-hmm. um, how do I change, you know, how do I change that? Do I, do I deserve to change that? Oh, that's right? a good question. That's ding, ding, um, ding. Say that, say that again for listeners. That's what yeah, we say is what they hear, right? Say that again. Do, that's- do I, do I deserve do I deserve to feel that, right? Do I deserve to change? Do I deserve wow. that? Um, so I, you know, now I'm, I feel like I'm much, I feel like I'm good at that now, Chris, but you know, my, but, but for a long time, it, it was very hard for me to shed who I thought I was. Um, what would your wife say about you during that time? Like the time that you were making that shift? Mm. Well, I was, I will, I will say that I was probably pretty good at hiding oh, man. how I was feeling. Oh yeah. So, Me too. um, Me too. so for, f- it was uncommon for me to bring something home uh, mm-hmm. from work. Now, it might manifest at home where I'm not, you know, not paying attention to anyone, but, but I'm not, I'm not coming home and saying, look at what happened to me today. It's so, so freaking alive to this. I, yeah. yeah. I, I just did. I don't do that. You know, I, 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 I don't, I, I always felt like, well, that's my problem, not her problem, not the kids' problems, mm-hmm. but ultimately, you know, it, it becomes everyone's, it can become everyone's problem. So I, I think I had, I hid that. Okay, but it would be interesting to ask her because she might think <laughs> she might think right. Yeah, totally no, but seriously, because I mean, you it. hear it a lot. You hear it a lot with people going, and I and I and I go to a lot of um, dinners and like maybe with a spouse, and then you would have their spouses, and they would go, "Yeah, he's been really good lately." Or you hear this a lot in other conversations yeah. and other relationships, and they don't realize that those subtle drops, you learn something. They go during I don't know what happened to him last year, but he was just miserable. And I couldn't break, I couldn't, I couldn't get him to not look at his phone or I couldn't get him to really expand and ask me how my day went or really, you know, like really ask those questions and being a hundred percent present, but you have to be present to ask those questions to feel connected to your spouse or to other people. And I've, I've had people say that about me like two years ago, they couldn't, even they caught me in the same room physically. I wasn't there. I just wasn't, I wasn't there. I was told, I, I, I totally had that, Chris. I'm, 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 there's no question that, um, because you can't, you know, I, like, I, like I said, I felt like I, you know, I felt like I shielded, but even if that's, that sounds stupid now, but But, it's it's a matter of shielded though, because you're shielding them from that of the uncertainty 
because as a men, right. And, and whatever, I'm not trying to like pre-program your answers here because I'm, I'm just morally curious. Cause I know that what I went through and it sounds like to me that really successful people go through the same things. It's just different times in their life. And some people are just never going to be aware of it and never know it's actually happening as a major, I guess it's a major, like kind of like a roadblock there. And you don't realize that in order for you to get to that next level, you're going to have to shed this shit. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, you got to shed it. You got to be hundred percent present to understand and being grateful for all the good and bad. And then knowing what you need to do to move around it and be adaptable to change. Those are the most successful entrepreneurs in my opinion, are the ones that are most adaptable to change. And any given moment, they're able, they can make a pivotal, pivotal change and a, to overcome whatever adversity is thrown out in front of them. But that's a, a hard thing for people to sit back and go, man, it's, I need to make sure that my wife or my family and letting them know that everything is okay because I want to give off that illusion that everything is fine. Right. Because that's yeah, who I that, am. And that's what everyone does. Yes. They're, oh, it's fine. How are you doing? Oh, it's great. I'm fine. Everything's You're pre-programmed. Good. Yeah. Everything's yeah. going great. <laughs> I love that. It's the biggest lie of all time. Yeah. It's the biggest lie of all time. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't like doing the networking thing because that's all that is. It's, oh, how are things going? Oh, great. How's the family? Oh, wonderful. You know, how's business? Oh, awesome. Throw them yeah. a curveball sure. like it's awful yeah. and walk off and see if they catch it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, if it's awful, they just walk away from you. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that guy. <laughs> um, that's I mean, you know, it's funny because I used to say when I used to do this a lot and I had to hold myself accountable to even how I would do one liners or openings in conversations. And I've come from the world of um, me being raised around really strong men and women and just really comical people. Um, so I'll walk in the room like, what's up big time and whatever. And I'm like, how do you doing, man? I'm always good. I'm so, that was my pre-determined yep. answer to okay. someone saying, how you doing, Chris? I'm like, man, I'm always good. Any day that ends in why? Well, that's the biggest lie of all time. I wasn't fine. Right. I had a lot of things going on. I wasn't, I felt like I left, I left corporate America and then went to sales and, and entrepreneurship and it's made really good amount of money. And then started building businesses. And I put my, I was, I feel like I was living the biggest lie of all time that I was in, as a, a delusion in the way that I was outside looking in. I was great, man. Like this yeah, guy's so multimillionaire were, you, and yeah. everything, but I was dying inside. I feel like I just created my, recreated a job for myself. Yeah. Well, you were, you were perpetuating the fallacy, Chris. I mean, you probably yes. screwed, you screwed up many people's lives because they're like, you're feeling that way. And they're like, how does that, how does that Chris Ross dude do it, man? He's always like up. He's always this. He's all, and it's like, I gotta, right. I gotta be more like him. Right. Yes. They don't see, but they don't see, you I'm know, be careful, inside, be careful, be careful what you wish for. Right. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta be so, yeah. And that's difficult because here's the thing though, man, I was like beating people by like, I'm talking about like a, a marginal gap in results. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know how the hell he's doing this. I don't know. And then I'm sure that it was probably in the same way. But then when I started shedding all the layers and becoming a hundred and being, I guess, really showing and, sh and being, I guess, being open and vulnerable enough. And that struggle with the vulnerability side of it, because we, you know, I was raised around really, really strong people and you, yeah. you can't be vulnerable. You got to show and, you know, show up, but I wasn't showing up. I was showing out. <laughs> <laughs> 
my so that's so funny man my um so i my my parents are fantastic parents but i wouldn't call them um they, they weren't you know rigid um mm -hmm. they were great parents but they weren't rigid but somewhere along the way chris i picked up this thing where if i was ever wrong or didn't know something it was the most embarrassing thing in the oh, world oh my me. god man i think we're raised by the same type of people Go ahead. so uh yeah so um the worst thing that could happen to me is someone asked me a question that I didn't know the answer to. Hmm. Um, because I wasn't one of those people who's just going to give you some bullshit answer. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking really hard, like, okay, how do I, how can I answer this? And the whole time I'm getting redder and redder and redder. Cause I'm just so, <laughs> it's like, you caught me, man. You caught me with something. I don't know that I don't like that feeling, you know, mm. instead of embracing the, it, the right, the right way to do that is, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Can you help me? <laughs> you know? Isn't it uh, so easy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 years and years and years and years of, of that stupid thing where I just, and then I'd go try to find the answer. Right. Cause I was just like. Embarrassing I, and trying to do it as quickly as possible. So right. that way you don't expose yourself. Right. It was, it was, it was bad. How much did, that come into of maybe trying to gain as much knowledge as you can, or did you overdo it with trying to gain more knowledge? Well, I think, well, my, my, my natural instinct was try to gain more knowledge so that mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in that situation again. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me. I read all kinds of stuff and I get all kinds of knowledge and then I can't remember half of it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh -huh. that's so why maybe, I look for explicit knowledge now. Yeah. I, don't, I can't, I can't read a whole book. Right. If I read a whole book, I'm going to, that's someone's opinions, beliefs, and convictions that are going to be dumped onto me. Right. So I need to look for more of explicit now. Yeah. I've read a lot of books over the years, <laughs> but those are the times where I had too much information and not implementing what I was learning. So when I'm listening to a book, I like to consume it that way. It's just my preference. Yep. Consuming the information and then something will jump out to me and I'll write it down and I'll try to implement that to see how I can fit it into whatever I'm working on or whatever I'm doing. Maybe I'm some for uh, I'm trying to visualize five or 10, 15 steps ahead or something. And I'll go, ah, that's not going to add up. It's not going to work. Cause I'll debunk and get it out of there. That's yeah. more effective for me and my way of learning and implementing. But when I was just reading books, I didn't do shit for me. I just, I had all the information, but I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, I, uh, I do tend to finish them, but I, but then, um, and I, you know, I like to, I, I like to think that, um, <laughs> some of it rubs off and stays with me, the good stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, 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 it's much better to find people who can do the things that you can't do, um, easy and fast and, mm let you focus on the things you can do. Not knowing stuff is great. That is awesome because there is someone that knows it already. And, you know, it's not like school anymore where if you look at, you know, the person's paper next to yours, they call that cheating and you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, oh, you already know that. Okay. So let me work with you so right. that I can get done what I want to get done, but without me having to do it myself or learn it myself you just it cuts light years off your learning curve right um, you mentioned you said you know good for you you kind of figured that part out 
39 years old. I wish I would have figured it out in 39. I think that comes from the, the environment in which you're exposed to. I think success is all about exposure. At some point in your life, you're going to get exposed to successful people and habits. Well, I learned great things from my upbringing and how to outwork things and like work ethic and my dad working two to three jobs and me being grateful for the smallest things in life because my sister couldn't walk and talk and breathe like everybody else. So was that was she born with that, Chris? Yes, sir. Um, okay. So she was born. Um, I grew up in the same crib with her. I didn't know anything was wrong when I was younger than her, but I was in the same crib and I learned how to communicate non-verbally. And, and, you know, of course, you know, she was only supposed to make it until she was like four and a half years old. She made it to, she was, you know, almost 18 years old and finally passed over. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was a lot of stuff that I had to overcome, you know, in, in early, I was exposed to at a very, very young age that most people aren't exposed to, but that was a good thing for me. Now I look back at it at the time. I didn't feel like it, but yeah, right. my mom beating cancer, eight back surgeries. This, I'm our, my family was, I was raised with in, in my surroundings. We're born, I was born fighters. We're just, I'm going to fight. That's my go-to. But I learned throughout the years. I'm now I just seek, I was seeking peace in my life rather than fighting and adversity because adversity got like, I transferred, I changed the, the conversation that I had internally from why me to try me when I shifted that focus that I'm built, I'm, I'm built for the long run. I, I could overcome anything. I just need to gain the right information and, and, and have the opportunity or create the opportunity to make, to prevail and right. win. And, but that was all about just shifting my focus and changing my mindset. I needed to gain more knowledge and I needed to learn from people that knew how to do this. Like, so yeah, I started surrounding I mean, myself with those people and I just like, okay, what do I do? How do I get in the conversation? And I think that's what podcasting is going to do in the next five, like five years for people. It's fairly new. I mean, yeah, it's been around for about what, 10 years or something like that. Maybe longer, forgive me, um, not knowing the actual right number, but I think that, that that's going to give someone a way for us to kind of share some of our insights and some of the tips and how to's. And they go, I don't have to go through what Mike went through or what Chris went through. I am now I'm aware of this issue or bottleneck. I can do this and I'll put myself in the right situation. So I think in the next probably 10 years, you're going to see a lot more, I guess, present entrepreneurs that didn't have to go through the struggles that we went through in our personal lives that were really was deteriorating and sort of falling apart a little bit. Yeah. It's podcasting is like the democratization of knowledge transfer. Wow. So, yep. You know, you used to have to, and you still do kind of have to join masterminds and you have to join really, you know, expensive groups and you have to get out and surround yourself with successful people. Um, and, and, and some of that will probably never go away because that personal spending time with a person matters. Um, it's not the same as doing, a, you know, a zoom or, a, or, or, or a video, but there's a lot you can accomplish listening to someone or watching mm. someone that they would pay, you would have to pay for before. And now yes. it's, now it's free. It's coming right to your ears. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's, so anyone that's becoming an entrepreneur, geez, 
has to have an easier time if they want it to be now <laughs> right. than than maybe than maybe uh, you know people in my generation had it and those before us. That's still it's, going with the same stigmatism though. If you look at back, I remember back when in a day where. Like when I was young, I would walk five miles in the oh, yeah. snow to school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We're, it's human nature. We're that's, go, just, we're gonna... <laughs> that's just every generation comparing themselves to the exactly. To the, yeah. So I have to have higher status than the generation before me. It's just the way it is. Of course, it's, it's going to be difficult. More difficult <laughs> right. for you. You know, right. it's got to be more difficult because that's, but that's we're humans. It was right. human nature to instantly compare. Yeah, right. Well, no matter yeah, no matter how evolved we are, we still keep score. Oh yeah, always. I'm always keeping score. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm I'm so competitive. You start walking a little faster than me next to me. I'm gonna start walking a little bit more faster than you. And oh. it's just do you know what I mean? I'm I'm yep. a highly competitive individual, but I transferred I changed that from not being so competitive to my surroundings, be so competitive of, with myself. Fair. So if I and I yep. and that was a big shift for me. Yeah. When 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 did you come to that type of realization for yourself? 2006 or seven, I'd say. So that was, um, well, let me go back because when I was in high school and playing sports, I probably had that Chris, Yeah, you know, but it was very limited, um, <laughs> limited playing field. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the best in the game and all these guys yeah. playing basketball, but they're all like five, two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You don't, your, your awareness of that at that age is not very keen. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm the best it, in the world at this. Yeah. It gets, it gets keen really, really, really quickly as you move <laughs> up the ladder. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, for me, um, 2006 or seven, I was, um, what was that? Maybe 18 years into business. <laughs> that sounds like yes. a tremendous amount of time before you learn a lesson, <laughs> but, uh. um, but, but yeah, that that's when that's when the things that I started exposing myself to a couple of years earlier finally started to grip, and finally I finally started to get some traction on them, and I finally started to give in to what I was learning, mm -hmm. um, and doing that um, just had a it just had a major impact on me. It's not like bad stuff didn't keep happening. I mean, stuff happens of course, you yeah. don't like all the time, but I was able to deal with it um, better, I guess. But I would, but I mean, ultimately, yeah, I hate to bring up Dan Sullivan so many times here, but this thing he says that <clears throat> there's five words, you know, your future is your property. Um, I never lost that after he said that because I never thought of my future as my property. I always thought of my future as someone else's property. Mm. It was what would you, become of get? me. Right? What am I going to get? What am I going right. to get? Yeah. Love it. But as soon as I as soon as as soon as I heard that, I never forgot it. And every time I feel like things are happening to me, like you said, why me instead of try me? Mm -hmm. When things are happening to me, I said, no, my my future is my property. Does that mean I can control every aspect of my future? Of course not. I can't control hardly any of it. Mm -hmm. But I can make it my property. That means I can I can deal with everything with that mindset in place. And it helps me get through the bad things, you know, faster because, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it, and it, and it helps focus me on, I can't be around this person. 
or I can't be around this situation or whatever, because if I do that, I can't make my future my property. So I have right. to be very, I call it being selfish, Chris, which sounds, sounds horrible. No, but, right? you, but, no, but it, it but sounds horrible, but that's a, that's a, that's a misconception. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like think about it overall. And I want the listeners to really grasp this. You need to be selfish because it's your life. No one's coming to save you. That's right. No one. You might have a government bailout or something might go on in business, but no one is coming to save you because no one's going to care about you or your business as much as you and your business. Right. But you, I, so you need to put in that time though. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so after I read, um, at least most of, so I'll give you a little <laughs> good to great by Jim Collins, right? I wanted to be a servant leader, like nobody's business, a level five leader, because those were the people that he uh, and his team, you know, highlighted in this book as being the ones who drove the most success in their business. And, um, you know, it turns out I couldn't be that. Not first. I had to be a selfish leader first, because if I didn't know where I wanted to go, uh, how could I, how could I Lead, yeah. help people get where we wanted to go? Right? <laughs> I had to be clear about that first. So you could be selfish first, then servant for me, not the other way around. I tried it the other way around. And my, and what ended up happening to me is like, I was, I was, I was a leader to everybody, but not to myself. Mm. And that's not the job. That's not the entrepreneur's job. The entrepreneur's job is to, is to be the leader for everyone. To, yeah. <clears throat> so they have to know where they're going. So I had to get, so I switch it around and I don't know if that makes me a bad leader or not, but that's. No, it doesn't. You have to, you, but you, it's kind of like anything else. I mean, I'm even, I look at it where in, in even some of the moves that I'm making right now, I'm like, I've founded and started a broadcast and media network. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, you told me that 10 years ago. I got to been like, yeah. you've lost your freaking mind, yeah. but I'm look, I'm learning new things, but I know that for me to get to the, you know, the levels and me to be able to manifest the future of what I can see in my mind of what's possible. I need to have the right key players around me to not leverage, to collaborate with, to gain more knowledge and have, and so I'm able and more equipped now to make the proper adjustments for me to move. Yeah. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have understood that. I'm like, it's me, 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 me. But that's the, I had to go through that to kind of understand how things operated and worked. So then I'm able to reverse engineer it. But once I get, now I know all the moving parts, I can now leverage or delegate the right people for those points and moving parts. So I can keep moving and blazing through my path. I but, love that you're doing that by the way. Uh, thank you. Okay. I, it's, it's freaking, <laughs> I, this wasn't given to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like waking up one morning and be like, okay, here's your life right now. Yeah. Do you like your life? I'm like, I liked all the other things in my things in my life, but I didn't like the things in like way I felt about my life. Yeah. That's why I asked you the question about yeah. what are you the most proud of? Right. Cause that's the question I asked myself. And what's the answer? That I'm that I'm a living and breathing soul that's in, that has an opportunity to inspire people mm. through my story, or it could be, but just by the guests that I bring onto the show. That's why I look at every person that comes onto the show as a lifelong friend, not a connection, a lifelong friend, because you're just as much part of my journey as 
that, that people are tuning into the show. It's a shared legacy. I look at every person as a, as a shared legacy. Oh, Some, a, thank you. You're, you're welcome. Yeah, and I, 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 and I'm, I'm honored and I'm honored to have the opportunity in today's world that nothing is pre, you know, everything is pre-written, but it's all done by choice and decisions. And, and depending on if you have those options today to take action on that option. I mean, I don't know if that's something maybe you believe because it sounds like we're 100% aligned to this. But like, say, for instance, today is what, whatever today is. I don't know when it's going to come out. So I want to like say today, but the day it's is a day. It's a day. It's a, it's a day. It's a day. why. Okay. <laughs> so wherever we are right now in this world. Okay. And so we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I might not have the opportunity to be able to do what I do. Right. Tomorrow. And I think that, you know, maybe I'm more aware of that because I understand what all the bad things that can happen in life because of what I've been through. But I, I just, I, I know that at some point, you know, they're going to push the button. I'm not going to know when that's going to be. I might lose my voice. I might lose my mind. I might, you know, it's like all these things you can, that's fear though, right? Yeah. It's lose, lose, lose. But what can I gain? Am I seizing all the opportunity and squeezing all the juice out of that orange every day? But am I giving myself enough? And that's what a lot of people aren't doing. I mean, do you do you have a similar way of looking at life now that in that kind of way of like, how much can I gain from this? Not really lose. Um, yeah. So it's, it's funny because, uh, uh, when I, when I got into that place I was in 10 years in or so, Chris, my mindset was about, you know, quitting, getting small, doing these things. And what, you know, what did I deserve and what could I lose? If I kept going, uh, yeah, there we go. You're missing out. <laughs> yeah, what did I lose if I kept going? Not what could I gain. Now, I, I like to think that I'm about gain all the time. I'm probably not. You know, there are probably times where I get scared or or whatever. But my mind goes back to gain. You know, help equals gain to me. So if my mind goes back to gain pretty quickly these days. But it wasn't always the it wasn't always the way. Wow. I mean, I know there's so much that I want to ask with that because I, I just saw it um, maybe selfishly to go back to that word. That's one of the reasons why I started really interviewing guests is just to pick their brain. And it's kind of like maybe picking the brain of the, those who have done there, maybe been there before me or just part of that journey. Now, I don't ever look at someone on where they are. They're above me or below me or I don't. They're just another individual. You put your pants on just like me. Yeah. Right. So you're just, I don't put people on a pedestal. So. Right. Exactly. I mean, unless I put them on Zillow, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows? You might, and you might not. I don't know. But I'd look at that as just a way of, okay, how can we focus on making more of a collective impact rather than just me making impact by myself? Yeah. That's, that's called freaking a, that's, tiring. Yeah. That's called abundance, I think. Yes. Making that shift. And that was the yeah. next point. So that, that, I made that shift from not just an abundance mindset, but abund living truly and living, breathing and eating my own dog food, a living that abundance lifestyle. Anything is possible. There's enough out there for everybody. It's not about right. what I'm going to get. It's about what I'm going to gain and then also share to elevate others to elevate myself even higher. Yeah. And so I'm there now, I think as well, but and this is the lesson I, I would want to leave with everybody that listens is 
I was not always there. I was, I was, I was a, if I win, you lose, or yeah. if you win, I lose. And mm -hmm. the quicker you can, you know, you said you're very competitive. We're all competitive. Entrepreneurs are all competitive. So it's not, so it's you easy to have say, that gene. You gotta yeah, have that it's, gene. I mean, it's easy to say, well, don't think like that, you know, but, um, but don't think like that. Create more. Mm. Right. Create, get your team and you wrapped around the, 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 the notion that you can create more. And then you, cause you're always going to win and lose. It's just always going to happen. So win or learn. Yeah. When you ship yeah, that. Win or learn, yeah. Yeah. Create, love that. Yeah. So create more. So when you're creating more and you're sitting back, that's when I come to the, I guess you would say realization. And I'm sure that you probably have had that. And I want to ask you when that was for you. When I was at, you know, obviously, it's, of course, you're selling businesses and investing and there's other things that I, there's a lot of other hats that I wear as well. A lot of people don't see mm -hmm. about what I truly do for a living because people like when they see you on social media as a snapshot of who they think I am and what I'm trying to be perceived on or whatever, yeah. people don't really see what I do for a living. I mean, it's an entrepreneurship. I, sure. That's why I, that's my, I guess you would say I'm gonna hold myself accountable to that more now on social media is I'm actually going to show exactly what I do. And they're going to be like, Whoa, this is entrepreneurship. I don't want to do this shit. <laughs> no, good idea. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to really show the good, bad, ugly of entrepreneurship. And that's what I'm going to, that's what I hold myself accountable to. And that's where you probably see a shift with the, the way the show is going to be delivered. It's going to be more in your face. Um, because it's, it's entrepreneurship is difficult. It's not as the champagne and beautiful women and beautiful cars. And you can't, you cannot fake destined success. You can't fake that. It's yeah. you build that you create that you manifest, you create the life of your dreams. And you do that through leaning into those uncertain times. And you go, I don't know if I'm going to lose it all today, Mike. I'm one poor choice. I'm making some making myself to be reactive. And that's what I have to hold myself accountable to. It's like, I, I got to be able to put myself in the right situation. And then for me being a CEO, so the, those who are out there are CEOs of any business. Your job isn't to be the CEO. Your job is to put your team in a position to win every day. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. Exactly. So when they come to me and go, Chris, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. Those are opportunities for you to learn a different way of doing it. But you need to put them in a, more in a position to win and excel. And that, right. when was, did you come? I know that you obviously have come to that. But when was that a biggest way for you to kind of adopt that, to train other entrepreneurs? You mentioned that you trained some people and maybe trailblaze and blaze through a path and show them the right way of, you know, producing some millionaires. I produce a couple as well. And that's one of the things that I'm proud of as well. But yeah, what was that? What was that kind of like moments for you? And like, I mean, or have you taken time to kind of like maybe put a time on that of when that was for you? I, I mean, if I had to, if I had to say right off the bat, I'd say it gets back to when I recognize the value of permission. Oh, I love that, Chris, man. Because um, that was just big for me. Because the the yeah. So I when I when I started asking for help and giving people permission, that changed oh, for man. me. That's beautiful. I, I, that's the when you said that, I was like, wow. Like I don't I don't think I've actually exp 
try to explain it, maybe, or putting my intention on it, really explaining that was the first moment is giving myself permission and giving everybody else permission around me right. to give them a voice and feeling open to like, hey, just because I'm in this role, like, I don't know shit. <laughs> I'm just the guy that's in this role. Just put myself in a position and you see the title, you know, like, but they're the reason why they're raving fans and they're, and I'm creating the culture of one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome is because they're bought into me as an individual, not the company. They're bought in through the mission and how I'm conducting business and I'm putting them in a position to win. So it's the fear of them missing out on the future growth of myself in this businesses that they don't want to lose. They'll go, yeah, I can go and build my own businesses and do and make my money. And, and that's how I was able to sprint, I guess, point them in the right direction on how to earn some coin on themselves by themselves. And they see that everything's, but they still want to be a part of my journey and a part of the mission because they, these guys, they make their own money, but they, they're still with me and they know the role that they play within the company. Right. And they, and they're, they're bought into the vision and the mission of that. And some of these guys come from the consulting world and education world. And I'm building now a freaking marketing, well, media company. <laughs> They're like, what the hell? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't either. So it's all good. We're going to figure it out on the way out. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll do this together. Yes. Yeah. Or we that's, won't. <laughs> that's like my, it's like my challenge to myself, I guess, doing yeah. something in a completely different industry. Because I've done it. it. I've done it in investing. I've done it in entrepreneurship. I've done it in sales. I've done it in different types of way of marketing and bridging gap sales, marketing operation fulfillment and doing it that way. Sold, uh, created couple different education programs, sold those to the trade schools. Kind of like, I'm like ticking off the check boxes. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to a different industry. I have, a, I know nothing about <laughs> other than turning it. on the camera and I'm yeah. going to kill it. <laughs> and you will. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. and God willing, if he gives me an opportunity to make the right choices and decisions every single day, I will prevail because I, I have never lost anything in my life. I have had setbacks in you know, like stumbles across the way, but I have never lost at anything because I didn't, I've never given up on something that I really set my mind to. Yeah. I had, uh, Naveen Jain on my podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of that guy, but he's, um, he's founded, um, the names are going to build. I just can't put my face with, I can't put the face to me. Yeah. Moon Express and Viome is a company that he founded now, um, where they're taking your, gut bacteria and, you know, figuring out what's in there. And then they're actually, you know, tailoring, um, supplements, you know, just for you. Like he, he believes that your gut sort of controls everything and can get rid of chronic disease and all this stuff, but you sound obsessed and, um, <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. Cause yeah. on my podcast, he said, you know, the, the, the he, he said, passion is for losers. And he's got this Indian accent you can hear passion is for losers. <laughs> you have to be obsessed yeah, with what you're doing. It's true. And if you're obsessed with you, with what you're doing, you can get into, you know, all different kinds of industries, You have, but you have to be obsessed mm -hmm. in what you're getting yourself into now. So anyway, it sounds like you're on the right track there, Chris. Thank you. I, I that's a huge compliment coming from yourself. I mean, in, and I, I have to really like look a little bit more into this guy because it sounds like, but they, you know, you hear a lot of people say things like that and they don't really believe it all the way a hundred percent because you mm -hmm. can see it through their inactions, not just actions, inactions. Uh, they're not following through. But yeah. him being a little in him, 
him sharing that message, you could probably feel it inside of him. Oh, and I, it is passion is for losers. Yeah. Well, I get nervous when people talk, start talking to me about passion. I, I get a, my, you know, it's kind of yeah, like one of those, crit, yeah. it sounds a little phony to me sometimes. Not to say that people aren't genuine about it. I'm not saying that, but for me, that word um, is something that it seems like you picked up from a seminar or something. And that's what you decided you wanted to be. <laughs> like, oh, I remember my first book I read on entrepreneurship. Okay, right. great. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm very passionate. Passion, just a, it's a, you have to have that. That, but if you dig deeper on what you're passionate about, then you can start honing in and pinpointing on some areas of opportunity for you to hone in on your craft and really become the top 1% of that 1% of what you do. And then that's where the obsession comes from. Yeah. How far can I take this sucker? And I don't want to be the guy. And I, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I've interviewed some people at a retirement home once, Mike. Okay. I just did it just a. I was like, you know, I want to really, I wanted to learn more about regret on, on a high scale. Like these people, like some of these guys, some of these, you know, retirees, you know, they're in a home because their family just put them there to die. So they're just, they'd be happy to have conversations with you. So obviously with this COVID stuff and I don't recommend right now, but obviously when things open up and people get vaccinated or whatever they do, um, and they become a little bit more healthy. So that way you don't affect people with an illness that they can't really can't help and have the immune system to control. Right. But yeah. go in there and interview some, some of these people and talk about some of the things they regret. There's one question I always get them and stumble them on, Mike. You want to hear it? Yeah, go. I would say, say, Mike, there's some point in your life, you know, there was a girl that you were attracted to or interested in at some point in your life. And every person is the same, you know, and you don't need to say this in front of your wife, but there's some point that girl or whoever it was that you didn't ask out on that date or ask out or get her attention in some way. What was that girl's name and who was she married to? And then every time they would tell, they'll be able to tell me. Oh, no way. They okay, would be able good. to tell me. Yeah. Because I couldn't come up with it. So that's great. That, that's great. So if your wife is listening to this, it's good stuff. But they would always tell me that like they couldn't like, oh, the girl's name. I don't know. But I was in New York and I was at this coffee and she walked in and I didn't I didn't go back in the next day because I was in a relationship and I didn't want to, you know, I was very loyal. But they'll tell me a whole, I don't know, a buttload of information they probably haven't thought about in years. Right. And I'll start, and I started asking questions and peeling back those layers and pulling on those threads. That's and you can cool. see the pain behind their eyes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm I'm going to die on E. I got to die on E because that's my competitive advantage. Like I didn't want to look my sister in the face and go and have her look at me and go, you did this with your life. And I given you a gift, mm. <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of, you know, obviously work you have to put in, but I, Mike Diamond, I'm not sure if you know who that is as well. He's, um, he's got a, a podcast with Meltzer. He's got, we're actually going to come out with a podcast as well. Um, anyways, he's Miami Inc. He's does, um, he's been sober for like over 15 years or so. He's teaching, um, an interventionist, but he's morally an author. He's got phenomenal books. Okay. And he talks about, um, he said the, the ones that put in the work when no one's watching, and I mean no one's watching, and put in those that grind of becoming more self-aware, holding themselves accountable, giving themselves permission to become that person who they're destined to be. The ones that really put in that work, 
those are the ones that when they turn those bright lights on them, when they do make it, they don't get exposed. Hmm. And that's something that he said it just like, you know, that's the ones that they say things subtly, just dropping it. Yeah. And I picked that up and I was like, that's so freaking true. That is so true. It's like, that's why you do these podcasts, man. Like when I go on those shows they're like, man, it's like catch a lightning in a bottle. You just turn, you turn the camera on. You're ready. And I'm like, put in the work, man. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> like, what do you want to talk about? It's not that mm -hmm. I, I'm a master of every, no, I don't, I, but I own that Mike. It's like, I don't know everything, but I'll find it. I'll find the person is the best in the game of doing it. And I'll start member. I'll start mirroring, mimicking, figuring out like, how can I make this work? But that's what it's all about though. It's just like your mind. I think my mind just works differently now. I've like changed the newer chemistry in my brain. I think. <laughs> or maybe I'm in spin of maybe someone's a maybe someone just like taking my body over my mind. I don't know. It's a different spirit or something. Well, it sounds like a good spirit. Sounds yeah. like you got something good going there, Chris. Yeah, that's good, man. But I'm I'm looking forward to going on your show. But I just want to say thank yeah. you so much for coming on. I know that these kind of conversations can be a little bit difficult considering the fact that we're not there in person, like we're sitting there. Yeah. And it oh, you it, make it easy. It's good. Thank yeah. you, man. That means a lot. Um, For the most, I know that this is obviously what podcasters say at the end, but I, I'll put this all in the show notes. But if you can leave one thing for someone tuning into this, like one thing, that one message you really want to get across, what would it be? Hmm. For anyone or for entrepreneur, Chris? Let's, let's go entrepreneur. Let's, let's make it a little bit more easier for you. I thought that was more of a broad question, but I guess let's go with entrepreneurship. Yeah, I guess... Um... Yeah, I guess. And so if you're going to be an entrepreneur, think go think about being big. Don't think, don't get into an entre entrepreneurship thinking about being small. And the way to get big is to have a big dream and ask a lot of people for help and they'll help you and you can get where you want to be. Wow. That's just the, that's the biggest misconception. I'm telling you, man, people just, they're so scared to ask for help. Yeah, I was for a long time. It's still hard, but I'm better at it, much better. I, I own it more now. I hold myself accountable to that. I, I try to own that. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I do. And and you know what? Now I, I shock myself on how little little of times that is in certain situations. Then I realize I'm in a wrong freaking room. Yeah, I'm in a wrong room. Like how how am I the person they're coming to for all these answers? I'm in the wrong room. I got to level up. I got to level up. I got to, I try to put myself in situations where, you know, I, I just, I'm blown away by the amount of value that, that they're just willingly just sharing and just in, in a normal conversation. And I sit back and go, holy shit. <laughs> like they're literally giving me the keys of the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And, but you just, have to be tuned into that station and be willing to listen. Yeah. And not, be like, oh, uh, thinking about what you know while they're telling you what they know. Right? Oh, yeah, man. That ego, that ego, yeah. that EGO, baby. That EGO gets in the way of a lot of people. I hear yeah, in even podcasters, like, you, like, perfect example. Like, we'll be having a conversation right now, and you'll say something. And then a younger podcaster, or maybe someone, no one say younger podcaster, or someone that hasn't really a, learned how to manage their ego. 
they think that they need to have their time to shine and they drop themselves into that or one up you. I hear that a lot. How are you aware of that? Or do you address that with someone or maybe they're, just, they're not ready for it to have that kind of conversation? For me personally on the, on my podcast yeah, or no, like when you go on other shows, right. And uh, you know, I, I haven't had that happen to me that often, I guess. Good. Um, I'm just now going on a bunch of shows now. I think maybe it's just that it was my, not really so much now because I do a lot better of really immersing myself into their world and knowing who they are a hundred percent. And and maybe it was just the early stages of a couple shows that I went on and they just weren't, it wasn't that they were asking the wrong questions. They weren't asking impactful questions. They weren't asking the right ones. Yeah. I was like, man, I was like, you know, I hate that stuff, man, though. They don't do their, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not trying to, I don't kick people while they're down. I try to help them, inspire them. And, and maybe they'll ask me a question and I'll say, let me, one, let me reframe that for you just a second. Let me kind of paint the picture and then I'll reframe it myself to get the most out of it. But that's exhausting. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, know? yeah, I mean, podcasting's like anything else. So that's easy to start. It's easy to start. It's hard to get good, you know? So I'm, I'm working at it all the mm -hmm. time because, too, yeah. uh, because I want to be good. I want to bring value to people. I don't want to do it just so that I can have a forum to say, tell you what's on my mind. I mean, that would be a different show. Yeah. I mean, you just need your own show. Like your, I guess you would say like a solo show, just get on, turn the microphone on and just go. Yeah. You, you, it's easy to do that if you want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can do, you do anything you want. It's just, yeah. it, it all comes back to that. Give yourself permission to be great. Damn it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <there> you go. <laughs> just give, it. I, I'm going to name that this, this show and like, give yourself permission to be great. Just, just do it. And, and hold yourself accountable of you giving yourself permission. Like I told myself that I deserve to be great. Yeah, why not? That's a great question. Why not? That's an offensive question, though. Why? You ask someone mm. why, they're like, whoa, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's offensive. I'm like, man, come yeah. on, man. Just it's a what, when, why, how questions, man. It's not that difficult. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. I really, I've yeah, enjoyed, you know, every second has went by on, on this. And it just, I love bringing on the right people that, have so much to share and so much wisdom and so many depths to that wisdom and not just being once, I guess you would say surface level and a mile wide. Mm. If, you know, we see a yeah, lot yeah, of that in the marketplace. Mm. They're just only surface yeah. level and they're, they're not willing to share all the golden nuggets. You know what I mean? So I just appreciate you being open to share more in depth knowledge then a lot of people try to hold on to for some reason. I have no idea why. Well, thanks for letting me explore it with you. It's mm -hmm. been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, guys. Well, y'all guys, y'all be great. I'll put all this stuff and our teams will put it all in the show notes. I'm finding Mike and I'm not going to bore you. I'm like, Hey, where, where can you find us? <laughs> no, we'll put it all there, but my guys right will here. find you. Yeah, we're right here. It's not too much <laughs> fun, but be well. I look forward to coming on your show as well. So make sure to, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm really I'll, looking forward. I'll, I'll come with my A game for sure. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just looking to impact lives in, in, in any kind of way that I can. And it just having a wonderful conversation. And I look for every conversation as an opportunity to learn more about you as well. So I look forward to it. All right. Sounds good, Chris. All right, guys, y'all take care. Be well, be safe, be you, be great. And just give yourself permission. Go be great. Y'all take care.